let's go on to god's word this morning shall we turn our bibles to matthew's gospel in chapter 26 matthew's gospel chapter 26 let's look at god's word um a very familiar passage uh, and a passage that we have studied many many times that's something amazing and wonderful about the word of god uh even though you may read it many times you might have been reading through uh all through your life every day might be listening to messages from all these passages of the bible every week uh, every now and then you know very often especially during um uh, what we call as the what is popularly called as the monday thursday um you know where we meditate on these passages of scriptures and many at many other times as well um but there's something unique there's something powerful there's some life lessons something that the lord continues to speak to us through the same passages again and again at different times um so looking at matthew's gospel chapter 26 shall we read from verses 17 to 30 matthew 26 verse 17 to 30 would somebody like to read it aloud to celebrate the passover with my disciples at your house so the disciples did as jesus had directed them and prepared the passover when evening came jesus was re- reclining at the table with the 12 and while they were eating he said truly i tell you one of you will betray me they were very sad and began to say to him one after the other surely you don't mean me lord jesus replied the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me the son of man will go just as it is written about him but owe to that man who betrays the son of man it would be better for him if he had not been born then judas the one who would betray him said surely you don't mean me rabbi jesus answered you have said so while they were eating jesus took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body then he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink from it all of you this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins i tell you i will not drink from this fruit of the wine from now on until that day when i drink it new with you in my father's kingdom when they had sung a hymn they went out to the mount of olives this is a incident where jesus celebrates the last supper um the passover meal in fact the last supper is uh, not the primary um way by which we need to address this although it is the last supper before his death but more than even calling it the last supper it should be the passover meal that jesus celebrated which uh, in fact was prophetic and was pointing to himself that he is going to be the one who is going to be broken his body is going to be broken and his blood is going to be shed but this morning um, from this passage of scripture uh, talking about how jesus celebrated the passover meal and how the disciples were along with him very often we always look at this passage of scripture from what jesus is doing uh, for the whole world and what uh, this meal represents for uh, um, you know uh, in terms of his work of redemption we look at it from that perspective but this morning we're going to be looking at uh, the same passage uh in a different perspective from the point of view of what happens to the disciples after the dinner you know yes we read about the dinner but what happens after the dinner and so to title this morning's message i would call it after the dinner <laughs> you know what happens after the dinner then there are many many things that are happening after the dinner um and that's amazing to see 
what is happening and many of these things jesus is already speaking about it's not that he is unaware of what will happen after the dinner um but the disciples were going through a lot of things after the dinner and i believe that we can also be going through uh, some of those things or partly one or two of those at certain times in our life and uh, you will begin to see how that really comes alive and relates to us uh, even at a very personal level and uh, how the lord has his beautiful plan in store and how that unfolds ultimately let's continue on the passage that we just now read talks about how uh, jesus came about uh, with his disciples and they were celebrating the uh, passover meal and jesus broke bread and he says this is my body that is broken for you uh, take eat it and this is my blood this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for the forgiveness of uh, sins but while he is speaking that in that context he's also speaking about the one who's going to betray him and then in the other gospel accounts of the same incident the other writers uh, record about uh, peter's denial as well and uh, some other of the a uh, gospel writers account of what was going on what were the highlights of the conversation uh, while the focus was uh, uh, on the cross and Jesus was focusing on the cross the disciples were focusing on something else and sometimes that's what can happen while we can be part of the this was the most important meal that he was going to celebrate and he was doing that with his disciples for jesus this was the moment where uh, he is going to face the very purpose of why he came and this is going to be the climax of that purpose where he is going to die why he is going to uh, suffer it's going to be physical spiritual uh, emotional uh, sufferings of all kinds that he is going to go through and representing that jesus is celebrating this supper but then you see for the disciples it really did not mean that way the disciples just felt like oh this was like any other meal <laughs> this is just going like a routine for them of course as jewish men they did celebrate it as a passover meal not like the usual meal in terms of the elements of what they had uh you know the menu on the table that was different because the passover meal had certain prescriptions of what they ought to be eating together and of course they do remember they would have remembered the uh, exit from egypt and how the lord brought them out uh, uh, with a mighty hand and delivered the people of israel from bondage and slavery they would have remembered that and that's the primary uh, purpose of why god instituted the passover itself that people will remember year after year what the lord had done for them and the stories of those deliverances will be told from generation to generation and by which uh, generations to come will be introduced to the god of their forefathers abraham isaac and jacob and moses but for the people of israel and, and now for the jews and specifically for the disciples who are at the table this was simply not the way we have understood it thank god we have understood you know what the passover meal is all about thank god we have understood what the holy communion is all about but for the disciples it was just another dinner a passover dinner right they simply did not get what jesus was going to do that he was going to die on the cross they did not understand it even after he rose from the dead they still did not understand what was the significance of his death and resurrection that was a situation with the jewish people that was a situation even with the disciples who were with jesus 24/7 for those 3 and 1/2 years they were traveling with him they were talking to him they were praying uh 
together they were going out and serving he sent them out for that ministry two by two he uh, uh, was speaking to them he was discipling them he was uh, you know they were seeing the miracles they were hearing his teaching with all of that exposure all of that teaching and jesus himself sitting in front of them and jesus himself walking with them and jesus himself being there and now jesus himself celebrating the last supper and speaking about the death and how his body is going to be broken how his blood was shed and how this passover that they are celebrating was symbolic of the reality that they are right now witnessing in front of their eyes just imagine if we were there and we had understood it as now like we understand and if we were there how amazed we would have been how awestruck we would have been how much we would have said wow what a time to live <laughs> you know to just witness jesus and the greatest thing that happened in the history of the world the redemption of man all mankind to stand there and watch that you know even if we didn't have the courage to go close and stand with jesus at least we would have stood at a distance and shot a video <laughs> that's you know that's how glorious you know today we are live in a world where every at, at every twist and turn somebody is taking a selfie you know but this is the most historic place and a point and a time where all kinds of selfies should have been taken but they missed it they didn't get it and so this dinner passes by and most importantly jesus himself is also saying uh, i have loved you so much and uh, now i am going to show you the full extent of my love and even goes down to wash the feet of the disciples while he's serving the meal and they're having it together these were things that were never done it was so unique it was so different it was so new but still you know even up to a level of a man like peter who was on that mount of transfiguration about whom Jesus said flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father in heaven has revealed it to you even that man he didn't get it you know why Jesus was washing the feet he said oh you shouldn't wash it but Jesus said no if i don't wash it you have no part with me and he said then you should wash my whole body even he was unable to capture what Jesus was doing but the point is they were at the dinner they were in fellowship they were in connection with jesus they were in his kingdom they were his disciples they were his own they were christians <laughs> and yet they even after they have been part of the dinner but what happened after the dinner is simply bizarre and something like that can be part of our life as well we can still be part of the dinner table but yet we can continue to be like the disciples and the way they were and this is how they were let's look at that would you like to look at it in luke's gospel chapter 22 and let's look at verse number 24 luke's gospel chapter 22 and verse 24 <laughs> this is just at that point where they were still at the dinner table itself but the meal was served and they had probably in the middle of the meal or probably just finished the meal also dispute arose among them as to which of them would be was considered to be the greatest oh jesus is talking about dying and somebody betraying him now so who's going to be the successor they're talking about the succession plan Come on Jesus let's talk about the succession plan. Who's going to be the greatest amongst us? Because until now all of the 12 we've all been the same. We've all been your disciples. But now that you know one of us is going to betray, something's going to change and maybe uh, you know there's going to be a, a new system or something that's coming. So who's going to be the greatest? A dispute for a position. They were at the table but with a dispute. <laughs> amongst themselves 
after we have connected with him after we have been saved after our initial walk with the lord after that honeymoon time with jesus <laughs> and those exciting experiences of praying to jesus and miracles happening instantaneously and the blessings coming one by one and the great testimonies of what god has been doing in our lives and after we've had great revelations like peter did you know experiences of mount uh, of transfiguration and the revelation from god and and uh, all of these sometimes even though we've been at the table and been in fellowship with jesus we can still lose sight of jesus and god get caught up with the petty issues of our own lives amen this was a petty issue <laughs> who is going to be the greatest among us is that something important is that the thing that has to be discussed at this moment while well, jesus is talking about who's going to betray him and jesus is uh, celebrating the meal and uh, it signifies his own death and how his body is going to be broken his blood is going to be shed is this something very important for life at this moment of time is this what we should be disputing about is this aren't these trivial issues of life that you know shouldn't be paid attention to these are thoughts and uh, you know ideas we should not even be entertaining in our lives a dispute breaks out among them who is the greatest amongst us very often we can be at the table and just after the dinner is over a dispute can break out a dispute not necessarily like a, a a dispute in a court of law but you know issues of the trivial issues of life the petty things of life can be magnified and we can be exalting those things in our minds and our hearts even after being after being at the table we lose sight of jesus we lose sight of his eternal purpose we lose sight of the significance of why we are a child of god and what does it mean to our lives and in what way must we live that out and why god has called us to be his children we lose sight of why we are his disciples and how we should be living out our lives in such a manner and we begin to wonder about the trivial issues of life we lose sight of his purpose we want to look bigger in the eyes of others those are things that come into our head self our own pride our craving for a name a wanting to be identified in the crowd wanting to be celebrated wanting to carry a celebrity status these are things that come in showing off about the things that we have and the blessings that god has given to us to show that we are better than others we are greater than others all of such kind of things come and clutter our mind some of our disputes are not vocal very often but they are there within us but for some of us maybe our disputes are vocal we want to show who is in control probably we end up with earthly issues not understanding our life is for a greater purpose we come to jesus we have the meal with him but we lose sight of his purpose we lose sight of what god is doing we lose sight of you know why we are celebrating the lord's table and what does it mean to us and how we ought to be living out our lives for him that we don't understand we miss out that this is something of an eternal consequence that we are involved in and makes such a difference in our lives to come to the table of the lord to come in fellowship with him to come into fellowship with one another to know the fact that we are his church we are his bride we are his body and we are as a body that has many members each member functions and has a specific gifting and a calling and a grace and we as the members of Christ's body ought to be functioning for his glory and for his purpose and we as a as a bride of Christ ought to be preparing ourselves for the bridegroom who's coming we lose sight of the fact that we are Christ's family we are the household of God we are a family of God that we ought to love one another and be there for one another minister to one another serve one another and that's what Jesus was teaching them while they disputed about who's going to be gr- the greatest he said you know you know the gentiles the kings of the gentiles they lord it over them and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors verse 26 but you are not to be like that instead the greatest among you should be the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves and jesus is really bringing them back to the table once again hey the table is all about serving i am at the head of the table look at this in verse 27 for who's greater the one who is at the table or the one who serves is it not the one who is at the table 
But I am, I am among you as one who serves. Who is greater? Who is it the one who is at the table or the one who serves? But I am among you as one who serves. I am not like the one who is coming there to sit and eat and be treated. But I have come to treat you. I have come to serve you. And he says, this is all about the table. This is who I, this is the way we ought to be living out. If you are having fellowship with me, if you are at the table along with me, after the dinner, you don't talk about disputes and issues of trivial issues of life. And who's going to be the greatest and how things can be serving me. But you come to a place where you would be as the one who will serve. Hallelujah. This is what happens after the dinner, a dispute, a dispute. And, and they lost sight of that eternal consequence and the way they ought to be living their lives. And just because we came to Jesus and we had a dinner with him and just because we are saved and just because we participate in the table of the Lord and just because we are in fellowship with him and just because we are you know, part of you know, a, a fellowship of God's people and praying and, and all of that, that does not necessarily mean that we are perfect. We still can be having issues like these disputes. He does not have to make us God does not have to make us look big in the eyes of people. Amen. He is not obligated to us. But if at all he elevates us, it's only by his grace. Amen. He does not have to make us look big in the eyes of people. He does not have us, you know, need to make our lives very sensational and look very powerful. Amen. He does not have to elevate us for all of all of all people to see he does not have to bless us in our terms and they were looking for that blessing of being elevated you know heads above the rest they wanted to be someone bigger than others he does not have to bless us in our terms but the amazing thing is this he didn't condemn them even though a dispute broke out just after the dinner he didn't condemn them he didn't write them off he didn't hate them he didn't throw them out. He didn't write them off. He didn't. But neither did he give them what they wanted. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He neither gave them what they wanted. They, they wanted to know who is the greatest among us. He didn't give it to them. But at the same time, he didn't condemn them. He didn't throw them out. He didn't punish them. He was drawing them back to his purpose. Hallelujah. That's amazing what Jesus did did that's why he's asking those questions look at me i am as the one who is serving i'm not that's the one who is at the table who is greater the one who is at the table but i'm not like as the one who is at the table sitting and being served and sitting and eating but i'm as the one who comes to serve those at the table and verse 28 but you are those who have stood by me in my trials <laughs> who would appreciate a group like this Well, he's talking about going to the cross and people are disputing about who is going to be greatest. Anybody who is in that place, in the place of Jesus, would have said, what nonsense are you talking about? <laughs> you still didn't get it? Don't you care that I'm going to suffer for you guys? I'm going to lay down my life just for you. And look at what you want. He didn't shout at them. He didn't scream at them. He didn't condemn them. But look at what he said. He appreciates them and says, you are those who stood by me in my trials. What he was doing, he was drawing back to their purpose. He who stood with me all this while, continue to stand. Verse 29, and I confer on you a kingdom. Just as my father conferred one on me. Have you seen that? The beautiful picture about the idea of conferring is when you receive a degree. When you graduate, you know, a degree is conferred. You know, that, that um, medal is given. The winner con is conferred with a, a victory medal. It's put over them. The certificate is handed down to them. And now, from now on, that person is uh, called an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, or, or whatever be that profession. You know, a degree is conferred. Now they have that authority. Now they can function in that capacity. 
and now jesus is handing over that kingdom which kingdom his own kingdom for which for which he's shedding his blood and this is his eternal plan that all mankind will come into his kingdom this whole kingdom which the father has conferred on him he is conferring that to these disciples basically he is drawing them back he was drawing them back to his purpose and i confer you on a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom you don't worry about who is going to be the greatest and who is going to be serving you next time but you're going to eat at my table eat and drink with me at the marriage supper of the lamb and sit on my thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel you're going to be standing along with me with my judgments and affirming that and and pronouncing them you're going to be judging the 12 tribes of israel along with me hey this is this is the level i have in store for you but you are fighting for something here you're lost sight of what i have you know conferred on you at this level the kingdom itself my kingdom itself to function in the authority and the power of the kingdom of god and to draw people into the kingdom and to establish my kingdom on earth this is the greater purpose this is the glory of eternity that i have in store for you you're going to eat at my table you're going to sit along with me you're going to experience the glories of heaven but you are fighting on something trivial that will not last and this is what happens after the dinner and so we can be through the sit through the dinner we can sit through the table we can be part of the table we can we could have been saved we could have been washed by the blood of jesus we were we are pro- probably walking with jesus we are probably in fellowship with jesus we are probably a child of god we are a disciple of jesus we are part of god's church and god's household but yet after the table we can go back to those disputes those disputes can be going on in our minds those issues trivial issues of life can be springing up time and time again and god does not want us to pay attention to those things god does not want us to entertain those thoughts and those ideas god does not want us to carry those things in our lives and those are trivial things that need to be left behind and we need to pursue the purpose of god amen hallelujah something else happened after the dinner not just a dispute you know after a dinner what do you have desert oh yeah they also had deserts did you see that did you notice they had a desert but this is different kind of a desert the same word means differently they deserted him matthew's gospel chapter 26 that was the desert they had they not just had a dispute but they also deserted him matthew's gospel chapter 26 and verse number 56 but this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled then all the disciples deserted him and fled they went for deserts probably they looked for an ice cream parlor somewhere down the road maybe they were looking for creamy or cream and stone or something like that they were looking for deserts and they deserted him after the dinner all of them left him no one had the heart to be with him and look at what happened just there the roman soldiers have come the jewish leaders have come the religious authorities have come and they've all come with an arrest warrant and they've captured jesus and they've arrested him they've come with clubs and swords and shields and judas has betrayed them betrayed jesus and and jesus is taken captive it is in that situation where it says that all of them deserted him just in the garden of gethsemane no one had the heart to be with him it wasn't a sincere love they had for jesus if they truly loved jesus they would have continued to you know go along with him he was out of sight and he went out of their mind sometimes out of sight becomes out of mind 
yes they have been part of the dinner but now they have deserted him a difficulty has come a crisis has come and now he is not doing those miracles for them he's not in that place where he's doing dramatic things and people are flocking to him and they can come and you know deter people and say hey don't make noise don't come near him they can't, they can't show their power here these are when come with clubs and swords if they open their mouth they try to deter the children but can they do that to the roman soldiers they dare not try it they could get killed right at that moment and so out of fear they panicked and they ran away a difficulty a crisis has come now they're not witnessing those dramatic miracles where jesus is walking on water of multiplying the five loaves and the two fish where the crowds are following and people are praising and you know waving palm branches no that's not the procession that's happening here this is a different kind of a thing and this is a time that they are not enjoying those times it it's not one of those times where it's very enjoyable have you been in life at any time where your spiritual life has not been so enjoyable where you've not been in that celebration mode where you've not been witnessing those miracles where you've not been seeing those dramatic things happening has anyone been there where it's been a difficulty it's been a crisis it's been a challenge it's things that bring fear things that terrorize us have come in and uh, the next thing that we do is even after we've been through the dinner we desert jesus sometimes because those exciting moments are not there anymore those great amazing prophetic words are not coming to us anymore those dreams and visions are not coming to us anymore those prophecies are not there anymore and those miracles and dramatic things are not happening anymore those exciting moments are not there anymore those things that bring goosebumps are not there anymore and then we begin to desert he goes out of sight jesus goes out of sight and he goes out of mind also he's gone no one thought of his well-being the situation here literally was that it was not just a crisis for him it was a crisis for them also if they continue to associate themselves with him what happens to them him can or happen to them also they knew that several times that the jewish people have plotting to kill him they tried to push him down a cliff they knew that they were after his life and they knew this is going to be dangerous if we hang out with him these are struggles in a man's heart it's not very good it's not very exciting it's not very uh, enjoyable it's not uh, giving uh, you know that excitement and those high moments that we had in our walk with jesus it's not giving us those great dramatic miracles we've been praying we've been asking we've been waiting things are not falling in place things haven't happened yet and sometimes what can happen is that we can begin to go away from jesus even though we've been part of the dinner table sometimes going with jesus is also taking running us into trouble going with jesus is running us into trouble in some places at some times with some people following jesus obeying his word is running us into trouble speaking the truth honest answers living out the christian life is running us into trouble so let's stop following him we begin to lose that first love that we had for jesus there's no more desire to love him there's no more desire to pray there's no more desire to read his word there's no more desire to stick along with jesus there's no more desire to have him on our minds there's no more thoughts about him anymore we lost that love we no more desire no more joy of being a christian no more joy of being a disciple no more a great joy of going to the house of god and being in fellowship with god's people no more joy of praying together an announcement about prayer is something very dull it doesn't feel good to the ears it doesn't go well it doesn't sink in no more joy no more excitement no more great expectations from god we're not even expecting anything from god we're not even praying for anything sometimes oh what's no more prayer no more fasting no more reading the word we it just we just desert jesus that's what happened for them after the dinner they deserted him 
quickly number 3 something else happened after the dinner do you want to know that amen or are you also willing to desert him matthew's gospel chapter 26 69 to 75 a dispute broke out then they deserted him and thirdly peter denies him they denied him peter denied jesus you all know this passage very well a servant girl comes to jesus and asked are you are you were also with jesus of galilee she said and he denied it before them all i don't know what you're talking about he said he stood at a distance he didn't want to come close to him he didn't want to identify himself of being part of him and he didn't come to his defense or he didn't speak up for him he was a spokesman always but this is one time he never spoke up if you if you read or if you've read through the gospels really well you would find that peter was the one who was representing the whole group peter was the one who would speak up you know uh sometimes uh, he would speak before he thinks Peter was the one but this is one time that Peter never spoke up there are times where we've always been you know jumping around where we've always been very excited about Jesus we've been at the dinner table we've been saved we washed by his precious blood we are in fellowship with him we are walking with him we are his children we are his disciples but then there comes a time where uh, we used to be shouting out and we used to be praying aloud and we used to be ahead of others and we used to be speaking about his his word and we used to be getting those revelations and we used to uh, really be uh, you know growing fast in our relationship with him but probably there is a time right now where we have literally even denied him where we are not speaking up where we are just quiet I don't know him. I don't know him. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about. Verse 71. Then he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him. You see right now he's like slowly slipping out. Let me just uh, sitting inside is dangerous. People are taking notice of who I am. Let me just go away and let me just go to the gateway and uh, stand there and watch by the side. Have you seen you know when the gate pillar is there in that corner and you can just slightly slip through uh and just put an eye on the other side and see where Jesus is and what's happening and sometimes we come to that edge in our lives where we uh are just let me just stay away let me just withdraw myself let me just not go too deep let me not go too close let me not be very regular each time let me not pray every day let me jesus is there yes i respect him yes i love him yes i've been part of the table but let me not get too much into those things let me not identify myself that i am a christian at any place in certain places let me just stay away and let not people see that i am part of jesus there's any connection with me and jesus let them not see that we hide away that's denying jesus he denied it again with an oath i don't know the man after a little while those standing were there went up to peter and said surely you are one of them you i your accent gives way <laughs> somewhere it just shows up that we are a christian somehow it just shows up that we believe in jesus somebody probably saw that fair photo on facebook we were part of this church <laughs> maybe somebody saw you know heard that we got baptized even though we did it secretly <laughs> somebody saw that we had a, a new testament in our pocket <laughs> somebody saw that there was a bible at the edge of the table <laughs> maybe somewhere somehow it showed up in some place where we were going and people saw that we were heading in that direction and there's a church in that direction they saw us just getting off our vehicle and then walking into the church probably <laughs> somehow it showed up that we are a child of god that we were part of the dinner table it showed up but we didn't want uh, anybody to know we probably have uh, started hiding and we've denying that christ is in our life we denying standing up for the truth uh, speaking up for the truth we do not want to say yes this is the truth and that is not the truth
outrightly behaving or pretending to be an unbeliever sometimes in some places because of the pressures of life because of the fear of man maybe shyness maybe we are ashamed of the gospel to share it out loud we know that this is a person who is in need and that person needs the gospel and that person only when he accepts christ that person will receive a deliverance and that person is so blind and they need to see the truth of the gospel but we do not want to say it because we are too concerned about what kind of an impression we will leave in their minds and what opinions they will carry about us and what opinions they will convey to others about us that's denying christ it is through our lifestyle sometimes we live like an unbeliever our bad habits doing unjust things illegal things immoral things unethical things it brings a bad reputation it 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 distances us from who jesus is and what he would appreciate of us sometimes we deny christ we do not want to be identified by jesus And so what happened after the dinner was there was a dispute that broke out what happened at the dinner after the dinner was that they deserted him and then now Peter denies him there's something else that happened even after Jesus rose from the dead but this is also after the dinner Luke's gospel chapter 24 I don't know where we are maybe in one of these areas we are able to identify our own lives maybe it looks like a mirror showing where we are in our lives maybe we are struggling with one of those things after the dinner after we have come into fellowship with jesus after we have accepted him into our lives number 4 that you find here is that there were a bunch of people who were disturbed they were disturbed luke 24 let's read verses 13 to 24 Now that same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about 7 miles from Jerusalem they were talking with each other about everything that had happened as they talked and discussed these things with each other Jesus himself came up and walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him he asked them what are you discussing together as you walk along they stood still their faces downcast You see, they weren't happy. It was not just a happy conversation. They were disturbed. Their faces were downcast. Verse 18, one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened here, uh, there in these days? Jesus is not revealed his identity yet. And he's asking what things he asked. Verse 19, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that. Oh we had hoped that that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Oh we thought he would do a miracle for us. We thought he would answer our prayer. We thought we would see these things happen. We thought he would do these things for us. But the opposite has happened for us. And what is more it is at the third day and uh, since all of this took place in verse 22 in addition some of our women amazed as they went to the tomb early this morning in verse 23 they didn't find his body they came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said but him they did not see oh there is some good news but yet we are not seeing any reality there is some news that he's amazing he is amazing us by certain things of what we hear about him but then we are not able to see anything in reality right now we know that you know he's a he's jesus we've been with him at the dinner table we've seen him doing those miracles we've We've seen him walking down that road and healing the blind eyes. We've seen him raising the dead. We've seen him call Lazarus out of the tomb. But now uh it's it's very disturbing. It's very confusing. Where well, Jesus where are you? Are you real and if you are then you must be working and you would work you would not fail us. But where are you? We we don't find you. Why is all of these things happening in my life? It's very disturbing. maybe you've come disturbed in your life 
troubled about the things that have happened maybe unable to find answers unable to explain what is happening what is going on in your own life maybe you don't have much knowledge of scriptures this men could not correlate with the prophets the writing in the psalms and figure out that this is the messiah about whom it is written in the old testament and we are just seeing a fulfillment they could not rejoice about it you probably are yet unable to find those answers from scriptures you're unable to correlate them to your own life circumstances you don't have much of the such kind of revelation maybe don't have much clarity there is great ambiguity doubt confusion and certain things that happen in life are very difficult to explain and people are asking you oh what is this you said you talked about jesus you were at the dinner table you 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 said you got born again you said you got saved you said you got baptized you said you got filled with the holy spirit you said you got jesus in your life but what's happening right now um where is that jesus it becomes a very disturbing thing they are confused why are bad things happening to good people why natural calamities are affecting innocent lives why does god permit evil why is there a deformity from birth why is there a sudden death in untimely death why doesn't god prevent us from committing sin if he knows that we would commit those sins why no answer to some of our prayers why is not sickness healed every time even though we prayed why do believers come under the attack of the devil while we should be enjoying god's protection if jesus is the only true god then what about all of these things that people worship there are many things that we question them we get disturbed in the contradictions of our own lives we look at those that are unexplainable that where we don't find our answers and we get come to this disturbance they're disturbed in their faith oh we've been through the dinner we know jesus uh, we heard great things about him the women even amazed us that they saw him rise from the dead uh, that he is not there in the tomb the tomb is empty but we have not seen him we have not found him where is this all true and what is going on faces were downcast and they were very disturbed sometimes we are at that place probably we are very disturbed even though we have been at the dinner a lot of times a spiritual confusion or an inability to find our answers and unable to explain what's going on in our life and the struggles of our own life make us to conclude leave us even come to a conclusion that we have no conclusion it's we try to explain it this way we try to conclude this way no but it's not making sense we try to understand that way it's not fair it doesn't look doesn't find we don't find logic in any of our reasonings and we are very disturbed in our faith sometimes even though we've been at the table after the dinner there are many things that are happening number 5 and lastly after the dinner john 21 was 1 to 4 the disciples the same ones who were at the dinner table at least the men who were on the way to emmaus about whom we read in luke 24 just now who were disturbed were not at the dinner table but they knew jesus but these are again men who were at the dinner table were in fellowship who walked with Jesus who been with him 3 and 1/2 years they know Jesus really well and they even have seen the resurrected Jesus who appeared them to them in the midst of the closed room because they were full of fear that the Jews would come and capture them because just 3 days back a horrific thing has happened to their master and anything could happen to them and so they were out of fear and terror they were sitting in a closed room verse 19 talks about that john 20 19 talks about the fear but we're going to focus on 21 chapter 21 verse 1 to 4 afterward jesus appeared to again to his disciples by the sea of tiberius it happened this way simon peter thomas nathanael from cana in galilee the sons of zebedee and two other disciples were together i'm going out to fish verse 3 simon peter told them and they said we'll go with you so they went out and got into the boat but that night they caught nothing at the end of the day they even came to a point where they completely disillusioned disillusioned a disillusionment about 
even after they've followed someone strong and powerful whom they expected who will be with them and he had been taking care of them and and uh, giving them place to sleep and giving them food to eat and helping them cross you know stormy waters and being with them through all the tough times and the good times and and after all of that now they've seen his death suffering death and burial and the impact of all of this has now disillusioned them they thought that it would go well it would continue like this forever but now it is not going that way anymore no they disillusioned in their faith in their calling they lost sight of god's purpose for their life they lost sight of why they left the boats and the nest the nests in the first uh you know in the first place why did they leave all of that the boats the nets everything they left and came why did they leave they leave they even left their father they left their family they didn't even go say goodbye to them when jesus called them come follow me they followed jesus they trusted him at one time we began following jesus at one time we were at the dinner table with jesus but sometimes somewhere along the way we lose sight of that eternal purpose we lose sight of the reason why god called us we lose sight of what we should be doing in his kingdom we lose sight of which direction we should be walking and we walk the other side we make a u turn away from jesus jesus is no more physically present with them and so the multiplication of food and taking care of those daily needs were not there and tomorrow morning what breakfast are we going to have uh, they asked peter and peter was always a spokesperson so they assumed that peter would have all the right answers and peter didn't have the answer probably and so he said i'm going to fish otherwise no breakfast tomorrow we come to that point where we say oh no enough is enough i know nothing more is going to work beyond this that's it it's all over we give up we walk away we said no i'm going to get away from this i'm not going to follow this anymore i'm not going to go with jesus anymore i'm not going to live for him anymore nothing has happened yet have been at the dinner table i've seen all of those things i've walked with him i've talked with him i've heard him i've seen what he has done i know what he can do but where is he now we get disillusioned because things haven't worked out yet and night has come and morning is going to come and that span of that 12 hours we have to face reality of life we are at the brink of breaking down where we come to that place where we say no i can't hold on to this anymore i can't hold on to jesus anymore i can't hold on to this church anymore i can't hold on to this fellowship anymore i can't hold on to my marriage anymore i can't hold on to my children anymore i can't hold on to anything anymore i can't hold on to this job i can't hold on to my life anymore we come to that place where we become completely disillusioned and say i'm going I'm going. No more hope there. There's a sudden sense of loss, a sudden vacuum that has come into them even though they've been at the dinner table because someone trusted seemed to have let them down. It felt like as if they trusted him so much but now he has let them down. Where is he? Tomorrow breakfast we don't have any food. The strong one, the powerful one himself was put through all of the suffering and death and burial and uh, even the impact of the resurrection and the powerful experience of Jesus appearing into a closed room has not brought in any hope even those powerful encounters have had very less lasting effects they've not lasted too long they got disoriented forgot the calling forgot the teaching three and a half years of teaching all that has been invested into them seemed to be going down the drain forgot the miracles the power that had worked through them when they went out two by two and they saw you know even demons leaving in the name of jesus and they came back with joy where are those testimonies of joy where we came and reported jesus in your name demons are fleeing sickness is being healed where are those testimonies all of them have been forgotten in a moment forgotten the joy of serving jesus forgotten the promises that peter made 
Lord, even if it is to die with you, you can vouch on me. I'm going to come and die with you. All of those promises. Yes, Lord, I will be faithful to you till the very end of my life. All of that. Where is all of those? Where are all of those promises? Forgot the first love. Forgot everything and become completely disillusioned. But that's where Jesus steps in. <laughs> Hallelujah. The one who left them at the dinner table. The one who appeared to them after he rose from the dead. Now comes back. This final return of Jesus is going to transform their lives forever. Hallelujah. This one encounter of Jesus with them is going to change all of these disputes. All of the denials. All of the deserting. All of the disillusionment. Everything, all of the disturbances is all going to be cleared out. And he comes with this one purpose. Jesus comes back to them. This morning I want you to know that even if you've been through the dinner. And after being through the dinner with Jesus. And after being through the table with Jesus. Even if you have denied him. Even if you are disturbed. Even if you have deserted him. And even, even if you have come to that place where you are completely disillusioned. Jesus is here this morning to draw you back to his table. Hallelujah. Jesus stepped in there at the shores of that sea of Tiberias. And Jesus said, early in the morning, Jesus stood there on the shore in verse 4. But the disciples did not recognize it was Jesus. Maybe somebody here is not yet recognized, has not yet recognized that Jesus has come to draw you to himself this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is here to draw you back to him, but you have not yet, probably yet not recognized him. But he is calling out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Remember, these are experienced fishermen. They know where to fish at what season, at what time, where to find the right kind of fish. Fishermen know it well. They, they are thorough with the seas. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. What difference does it make if it's the left side or the right side? In the middle of an ocean, what big difference would it make if you throw the net on the left side or on the right side of a boat? How large is a boat? After all, a fishing boat is only a certain size, not as big as a cruise ship, not like a cruise liner. And if you throw the net on the right side or the left side, what difference would it make? But Jesus told them to do that and they threw it. Thank God they did it. Hallelujah. And the disciple, and, and throw your net on the right side of the board and you find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Jesus is not just helping them draw fish. He is drawing them through these fishes to himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The miracles that he does sometimes is not just to give us those miracles. And the miracles are a doorway to draw us and do a miracle in our heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. He wants to do a miracle in our heart, not just do a miracle for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so he calls them, you know, through this miracle. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Oh, now they recognized him. Why? Because this is a miracle. Because they got disillusioned because the miracles weren't happening. Because they didn't have anything for breakfast next morning. That's what disillusioned them completely. But now, the miracle woke them up. Shook them up. Hallelujah. Jesus is all about drawing you back to the dinner table. Amen. Hallelujah. He's all about doing that. And say, see what he says. It is the Lord. He wrapped his out a garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish for they were not far from shore. About a hundred yards. In the morning, hundred yards from the shore, would you get so much fish? No, impossible. They've already toiled through the night. Only in the middle of the night and in deep sea, you get fish. 
right not close to the shore in the morning when sunlight comes up fishes go down they go into the deep sea but this is a shocking miracle for them this is something that has made them awestruck and jesus is calling them look at the things that god has done even though you were you had denied him even though you had a dispute going on in your life you were concerned about the trivial things of life and you forgot about the dinner with jesus and the eternal purpose that he has on your life the kingdom that he has conferred on you the purpose of his calling over your life and the reason why he has chosen you to be his child the reason why he has called you into his kingdom you forgot all of that and probably you were involved in the trivial issues of life you got a dispute going on in your mind you got a battle going on in your head you probably have deserted him and you said oh you know too many problems after following jesus maybe you denied him you didn't want others to have a different impression about you maybe the pressures of life have overwhelmed you maybe you got so disturbed you know and confused concerning the things that have gone wrong and things that have not yet happened you couldn't explain yourself you couldn't explain what's going on in your life you couldn't come to a conclusion and you got disturbed maybe you got disillusioned because you said enough is enough and you want to turn away from jesus turn away from faith you want to stop believing in him you said this is all no use whatever it is maybe you're still experiencing god's goodness in your life even today hallelujah the very fact that god has enabled you to wake up this morning out of bed and come out and be alive today is a miracle that god has done in your life to show that he still loves you that he still kept you on this earth for a purpose no matter what you felt in your life and what you've been through through all of these denials or deserting him or being disturbed or disillusioned whatever it is god is still drawing you back the very fact that he has given you good health and strength the very fact that he has given you money in your hands the very fact that you still have a job the very fact that you still are making it well in life the very fact that you are still able to survive the very fact that god has been doing all of these good things in your life think of the goodness of god think of the miracles that he has done even today even in these recent past all of those things that he has still been doing is to just draw you back to himself you can after being at the table forget about the table but god wants to come back to the table and he's bringing you back to the table back to the dinner hallelujah drawing him drawing you to your himself and he says in verse number 9 when they landed they saw the fire burning coals there with fish on it and some bread bring some of the fish you just caught jesus was already had already caught some fish and he was already frying them hallelujah some of you are imagining what we can do for lunch today bring some fish he said and you have just caught and some peter climbed up a board and dragged the net ashore it was full of large fish 153 but even with so many the net was not torn jesus said to them come have breakfast all of this happened because there was no breakfast now the breakfast is on the table come back to the table hallelujah come back to me and then he asked peter do you love me three times he asked peter do you love me he brought him back to the table and said come eat i left you at the dinner and after the dinner all of this has happened now come back to the dinner come back to the breakfast now come back to the table now come eat with me do you love me peter have you forgotten our relationship if you've been in a close relationship you loved me so much john you loved me so much you were leaning at my bosom at the table at the dinner table i handed over my mother to you have you forgotten me i trust you will you feed my sheep will you feed my lamb there's a purpose why we are in this relationship with each other and so don't be disturbed don't be disillusioned don't deny me anymore don't desert me and walk away don't have all of those disputes come just do what i've called you to do love me 
serve me. Love me, serve me. That's all I'm asking you. Love me, serve me. Verse 15 to 18 talk about that. Simon, son of Jonah, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord. But all of this was conversation. Now after the dinner, there's a different conversation. After the breakfast, after being through the table again, there's a different conversation. Verse 15, when they had finished eating, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Do my will. Do my purpose. Do my work. Now you teach them. You teach them the way to eternal life. You draw them out. You call them in my name to follow me. I called you, but now you go call them. You go teach them. I fed you. I taught you. Now you teach them. Feed them. They are like sheep without a shepherd. They are oppressed and helpless. I need workers who will go and harvest. The harvest is right. Feed my lambs. Love me. Serve me. Feed. Take care of my lambs. The young ones who are just coming into the faith. The young ones who are just coming to know me. Feed my lambs. Shepherd them. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He's affirming his love. Three times he denied Christ. Three times Jesus is asking Peter, do you truly love me? The third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. Lord, don't you know? You know all things. You know that I love you. He affirmed his love for the Lord. The Lord opened his heart to him. He had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. And this morning, the Lord is having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with you. And he's asking you, do you love me? We were in this relationship earlier. We were in this very close relationship. But now some disputes have happened in your mind. You got caught up with some trivial, trivial things. Now you denied me. Now you deserted me. Now you got disillusioned. You got disturbed by many things. You got even disillusioned. But now I'm drawing you back. Come back to the table. Let's eat together. Come back. Let's eat together. And now when we eat together, would you love me again? Would you serve me? Amen. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus wants. Many things could have happened after the dinner. But there's a table prepared for us this morning. When we come to the table, we just say, yes, Lord, I love you. And I will serve you. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer.